0: Welcome to a special edition, a extra innings edition of the Friendly Confines Cubs podcast, where we bring you the Cubs newsmakers. And Ryan, I love this segment because we give people a little bit of a taste of the upcoming episode. Who's on your wish list for us to bring onto the show? Well, we've had some amazing guests, Chad. I mean, think about it. We've had David Kaplan from ESPN 1000. We've had Mark Silverman also from ESPN. Dave Ennett from WGN Radio. Ryan Cheverini from Windy City Live. Gosh, there's just so many, and so many still more to go. I I can't wait for the endless possibilities of guys and gals that we're going to bring on to talk Cubs baseball this year for all of our listeners. Well, get ready for a fun, fun interview uh, coming up right now. Time for the seventh inning stretch here on the Friendly Confines, and we are very excited to welcome to the program from the SCORE Sports Radio 670. She is heard 10 to 12 weekdays whenever the Cubs are not on, or you can listen to her new podcast, Into the Basket, as well, that you can find and subscribe to on where podcasts are available. It is Julie DeCaro, longtime sports radio host here on The Friendly Confines. Julie, welcome to The Friendly Confines with Chad and Ryan.
1: Hey, thanks for having me.
0: It is uh, great to talk to you. Thanks for spending a few minutes with us as we chat about the second half of the season for the Cubs. And, of course, uh, well, I guess depending on what kind of Cubs fan you are, if you're an optimist or a pessimist, uh, I guess that depends on how you felt like the first half of the season went. For someone like myself, I I look at myself more as a realist, Julie. Julie um i don't necessarily think this was exactly the first half start the cubs were hoping for um in your opinion what definitely needs to happen in the second half if this team is going to ultimately um not only reach the postseason but make a deep run in the postseason
1: boy well it, it didn't feel great uh in the first you know first half of the season in a lot of ways it felt sort of like a continuation of all the things we didn't like about last year right i mean they, can't, they started off with this terrible start, but then they got really hot and everyone started thinking, wow, this whole thing about urgency and May is October and everything really seems to have had an effect. They're playing great. And then, you know, that lasted for a couple of weeks. And then next thing you know, we're right back to where we were last year. So the biggest thing for me is it, two things, really. The defense has got to get better. These are the largely, with the exception of Dexter Fowler, the same guys from 2016. When they were one, they were the best defensive team in baseball. So the defense, the mental errors have got to go away first of all, and then. The offense has got to find some kind of consistency Um, outside of Wilson Contreras and Javi Baez. There's got to be somebody that is hitting the ball regularly. Uh, They're streaky again, like they were last year, like they were in 2017. Um, It's just, it's maddening to watch. And it's hard to understand how an entire lineup can all slump at the exact same time. But we're in year three now of watching this happen. And and I don't know what the answer is. Um, Maybe if Ben Zobras comes back, there, there's some kind of consistency in the lineup on the offensive side. I don't really know where to go from for that issue from here.
0: Yeah, and you bring up a good point because it seems like in the past, Theo and Jed have done a nice job at the deadline to at least go out and get somebody offensively or pitching-wise to shore up this team down the stretch. Last year we saw Daniel Murphy play second base. Now it seems like, for me at least, and, and tell me if you agree or disagree – I feel like this team still needs a second baseman. And of course, I think they still need a legitimate leadoff hitter. I guess the question is, are those two areas that you and in your mind need to be addressed and something they should go after uh, by the trade deadline?
1: Well, they may address the second base issue already. I guess we don't really know what Robel Garcia is outside of a guy who hit the tar out of the ball at AAA and everyone's hoping that'll transfer to, to, to major league. So um. you know, I still would like to see David Bodie play second base every day if they, you know, get him into the lineup on a regular basis. Put Chris Bryant back in his natural position at third base. I don't think he has the arm defensively to play right field. So I, the, the answer is your second base may be on this team. As for a leadoff hitter, I'm not one who subscribes to the you need uh, – a, t- a prototypical Dexter Fowler leadoff hitter. I think it goes back to what I said before is they just need someone to hit the ball consistently, to get on base consistently. Who's not Javi Baez or Wilson Contreras. Um, you know, Ben's over like I said, would maybe would be that guy. He's, he's been one of the better leadoff hitters among this group of guys. Um, the leadoff hitter thing is something that I go around and around with my callers about every single night. I'm sort of of the, belief that a lineup is constructed more like a wheel than a list. Um, So I don't necessarily care who's leading off. I just want someone who gets on base pretty regularly. What I really think this team needs in addition to another bat, and and I do agree with you there and whether it comes from inside the team, because somebody gets hot or it comes from someone outside the organization, I don't really care. I do think they need another lefty in the bullpen. I don't think Mike Montgomery is getting it done. Um, So, but you know, but the, No matter what you think the Cubs need, the main issue for me is I don't know what they're going to be able to give up to get it. So many of these guys that uh, we've been in love with over the course of the past couple of years really haven't panned out necessarily when it comes to their potential. And the farm system is pretty thin. So as much as I think we all would like to see Theo make his prototypical big move ahead of the deadline, I just don't know what they really have to bargain with at this point.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's a good point because obviously they've mortgaged a lot of the farm to get where they're at right now. Um, we're talking with Julie DeCaro. You can listen to her on The Score, Sports Radio 670, 10 to 12 during the week and uh, the evening. And, of course, she is the co-host of the podcast Into the Basket, where you can find where uh, – any podcasts uh, are available and subscribe to that. Also, she is on Twitter at Julie DeCaro. So make sure to follow her on there as well. So, Julie, uh, another big storyline as we enter the second half is the potential lame duck status of Joe Madden, who uh, as somebody who uh, always felt like who whoever won a World Series for this team should be able to manage the Cubs as long as he or she would like to, in my opinion. Um, it, it is unfathomable to me to some degree to think that Joe Madden could be playing out his final season as Cubs manager. Where do you stand on this as far as um, if there needs to be a change? And do you think if the Cubs just kind of continue to sputter down this road or they at least start to play a little better, but, you know, kind of end up winning the division and maybe losing like the division series, is that going to start to kind of Heat up, maybe obviously before the playoffs. Is that going to be maybe a distraction where people are just going to constantly start making that a storyline and a narrative as we go down the stretch of the season?
1: Yeah, up here in Chicago, as we get closer to the All Star break, it already was starting to be a story, which I was kind of surprised by. Um, I, you know, I guess there's two things. Number one, you can look at it from the standpoint of Joe Madden brought this team the first World Series in 108 years. He can stay as long as he wants. The other side of that, I think, is that this team was not built to win one World Series. They were built to compete through the 2021 window. So if you if you say the window opened in 2015, then that's seven years when they're supposed to have a shot at the World Series pretty much every year. And... Um, You know, with the, they've gone to four straight playoffs, they, you know, three straight NLCSs, that's great. But I I think that the frustration from the front office with the way Joe has used the assets they've given him has started to become pretty apparent. Um, Both Jed Hoyer and Theo Epstein, have pretty much complained about some of Joe's moves on my station. Um, when Carlos Gonzalez was here, you know, Theo said, you know, we didn't get him to, uh, to, he was supposed to be a, you know, pinch hitter. We didn't bring him up to play every day. And here he is starting. Um, I'm a I'm a believer that the reason Ian Happ started in Iowa is because they wanted Albert Elmore to get significant playing time in center field. And, um, you know, one of the things Theo talked about at the end of last season was Giving the young guys more consistency in the lineup, not playing the matchups, maybe to the extent. Um. Letting guys get into a routine and get into a rhythm, and that was something the players complained about at the end of last year. Well, spring comes along this year, and Joe Madden basically doubles down and says, "I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna move guys around less. In fact, I'm probably gonna move around more than I was did before." And you know, so we started to see Theo Epstein take what seemed sort of like veiled shots across the bow at Joe Madden in interviews, talking about this team's lack of intensity. Things like that. Uh, He said, you know, the first half hasn't been what they wanted. They didn't have the intensity they wanted. So while to me it still seems kind of incredible that Joe Madden might be on the hot seat, a lot of my colleagues really believe that he is uh, and that there are a lot of people who believe, I would say a lot of people, but I know people who believe that if he doesn't win a World Series, that's it. So I'm just sort of watching in appalled fascination this entire thing, because I don't really I, I can't imagine who you would replace him with. I mean, everybody says, oh, we'll bring Joe Girardi. And I think Joe Girardi is the absolute opposite of, of the kind of manager this front office wants. Um, so I don't know. I'm just sort of like watching to see what happens and getting increasingly um interested I guess in the storyline every time Theo Epstein comes on and you know says something that people sort of interpret as being a direct missive to Joe Madden. So I don't know what's gonna happen. Yeah
0: no I mean I agree with you. I, I'm totally in on the same wavelength with you when it comes to this story because to your point uh Girardi seems like the complete opposite of what the Cubs would be looking for. And and if Theo is so um, interested in being one of those general managers that's going to make every single decision, or, or I should say Jed or whomever, like the front office is doing with a lot of teams today, then at that point, is is David Ross the answer? Is, is Mark Loretta the answer? You know, I think maybe those are the names that you're looking at at this point, because then you're just saying, listen, we're going to minimize... The managerial role, kind of like what we've seen with the Dodgers and the Red Sox and now the Yankees, and they're all successful. May- maybe that's the way to go. Is, is, I mean, does that seem like what you're noticing from what you're reading, if you were to, to see the tea leaves, so to speak, from Jed and, and Theo?
1: Yeah, I think that if they were to get rid of Joe Madden, which I am no I'm in no way convinced that that's going to happen. But if it did happen, I think that's a much more likely direction for this team to go. Mark Loretta. Um, I know that David Ross's name keeps getting around. I don't know if David Ross really wants to go back and do 162 game grind. I think he kind of likes his life the way it is now. an opportunity, you know, to to demand a team, he, you know, would, that would be something he couldn't say no to. But I think that that's much more likely a young up and coming manager who they can sort of mold in their image, who I think it to their mind will use the, the players, the the way they're intended to be used. I don't, I don't necessarily think that they're super comfortable with him, you know, leaving people out of the lineup and sliding someone over. And I mean, they gave David Bode a five-year extension and he's sitting on the bench most days. You know I mean? I I just don't think that that Joe and the front office are necessarily on the same page with this team, with the way that they want these guys to be used.
0: She's Julie DeCaro. You can listen to her on the score weekdays, 10 to 12, also co-host of the podcast into the basket. And you can find her on Twitter at Julie DeCaro. Julie, thank you so much for taking some time with us here on the Friendly Confides. We would love to have you back as the season progresses, see how this all plays out. But thanks for taking a few minutes with us here on the seventh inning
1: stretch. Yeah, anytime. It was fun. Appreciate it. just a game For I've seen other teams and it's never the same When you're born in Chicago, you're blessed and you're feel The first time you walk into Wrigley